Hi, I'm Lee Neese, and this is Pixels, a Harbor City Photography Club podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This podcast is a series of discussions focusing on basic concepts in photography. It's aimed at our club members and newer photographers. Most of the time, we'll dip a toe in the shallow end to give some perspective on a given topic. Sometimes, we'll showcase a club member or a guest, and occasionally, we'll offer a review. I hope it will always be interesting and informative for you, the listener. Welcome back, Pixel listeners. This is the July episode of Pixels, and I'm excited today to be interviewing the outgoing club president, Rooney Dumbler. So welcome, Rooney. Thanks Thank for being you. here. Thank you. So we're <clears> going <throat> to start today uh, just with a little bit of an introduction about how where, how did you end up in photography and clump, coming to the club? I just assume everybody thinks in pictures, like anything, be it a book, a story, a roadmap, anything. If you ask me, everything is translated into pictures for me. So, which is a surprise, because apparently not everybody thinks like that. Some people think in numbers or logic left to right, whatever, not me. So one of my, I was always that kid that had to, if you went to buy toys, I'd buy paints or I remember being sent to Manitoba to the cousins, but spending my time sitting in a ditch making clay things because they had clay in the ditches <laughs> and just creating all the time. Um, and one of my fondest memories is being a really young kid and being sent to the Mackenzie Art Gallery in Regina, Saskatchewan on art camps. So I'd hang around the art gallery and with the kids being upstairs and running through the different collections and making incredible structures and, and printing and, and learning how to sketch. And I also was very fortunate because the um, public school system in Regina, we had very authentic art teachers, even in grade three. She was an accomplished artist. So that just sort of upped the game right from the get-go. And then when I was in high school, I was fortunate to be in an arts-focused high school. And though I was on the academic stream, because that's what I thought I was supposed to do, I used to spend a lot of time doing the visual arts and clay, and that was my other outlet. So I've always had that passion, that love, that inclination. And then um, I got got sidetracked, because I went to Simon Fraser University. Okay. I came to the coast, went to Simon Fraser, didn't know what my options were, and... (laughs) Didn't ask because I didn't know if he asked in those days. and But it didn't have a fine arts department, which is amazing to me. That does seem amazing. I know, yeah. I know, but didn't have a fine arts department. So I got into education, which has served me wonderfully well all my life. Dabbled in, you know, I did stained glass, I did clay, I did that on the side, but never really took it any further than right. that. Lost my painting completely. And then in the last few years of my career over in Gabriola, that was their gift to me because I remember some of my parents, you know, they'd, they'd come in and they'd be kind of on food stamps kind of thing, but they'd be an accomplished stone carver mm. or a painter or a, and they just kept saying, well, you know, everybody has their, their medium. You just got to find your medium, right? And that got me back to painting. So with that, I really wanted to become a painter. And since I've retired, I've taken a few courses But then I found photography um, as a way of maybe I could capture the image so that I could paint it. Right. But now I've learned 
there's a different direction. I've really learned to embrace photography and that's becoming, I'm hoping, I'm working at developing it. That is my way of expressing my, right. my, my picture in my head. So it's become my paint kit, so to speak. So how long has that been? Is it like a decade or longer? I would say <laughs> my first camera was a Pentax Spotmatic that I bought off my brother at university because he had run out of money and needed money. But that was my first good camera. And then since then, I started to play with the digital a little bit. And so I've probably the last 10 years, I've become more... Co- okay. But joining the club was a turning point. <laughs> this is not a paid... Right. <laughs> this is not a... Because it upped the game. You right. saw what, what you could do, the possibilities... And um, it just makes you look at your work in a more critical way to up your skills. So that's been a real positive experience. Well, and such a, I mean, Gabriel, I love Gabriel. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, a, it's probably my favorite place on the coast. And and um, doesn't surprise me to hear that there was a, a supportive arts oh, community there. Because totally. there's so many fabulous artists yeah. on the island, yeah. right? Did it translate when, you know, um, you having this visual sense from from early on, did you have favorite subjects then that translated into photography or do you, or have has that changed over time? Do you have a favorite thing that you like to photograph that maybe you liked to paint as well? Was it You know, that's a good question because I thought about that and I do. I'm totally drawn to people. And um like some of the, my favorite photographs I took years ago always focused on like kids in Mexico playing on the street with a goat. That was one. Um, it just anything that has to do with people, I'm drawn to that. Um, and I think that's always been. I, I just, I like to talk about the uh, people, the dilemma of the human condition, so to speak, yeah, you know. Yeah. I've, that's always drawn me for sure. Interesting that there's there probably a connection there between education um, it could be. And, and people, right? People. Yeah. 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 If you're interested in people and the, what they're doing and how to help them and all that kind of... Like, I saw just something recently on, I think it, um, Mary Cassette, the Impressionist. She painted in the late 1800s and was one of the first Impressionists, certainly women in Paris, to be accepted or not accepted. But her big thing was children. And I was always drawn to those pictures, even before I knew about Impressionism or anything else. So, yeah, I just, I, that's still my thing. And I love the dramatic. I love, I love um, uh, the light and those right. kinds of photos. That, that's what really, and it's interesting because if you ask me, let's go look at, um, do landscapes, that's real hard for me to get involved in because it doesn't have the drama and the lure. I'm a big Stephen King fan, and one of the things that he said was, in in terms of writing, that everybody has a filter that things stick in, mm-hmm. and I think it's the same visually. Um, you know, somebody's somebody does see the drama in landscape, but may, maybe doesn't see the drama in portraiture, no. uh, right? And vice versa. There's definitely we all have these filters that yeah. stick with us. That um, fits, yeah, for sure. I was curious, and I'm always curious about what's your approach been to editing. Oh. Again, many thanks to Judy Hancock-Holland, really became quite, becoming increasingly proficient. I don't think you learn everything about Lightroom. That's my favorite go-to for storage, for for everything. That's my first go-to. And from there, I have started to learn more and more about Photoshop. 
Um, so I'll send things out to there for a little refining and I'll send things over to um, On One for a little refining. But definitely my go-to is um, the Lightroom program. Okay. If someone asks me my opinion on where a good starting point is, that's what I'd suggest to them for sure. I was thinking earlier today as I was going over the questions I was going to ask you, I don't think I could answer this question, but maybe <laughs> you can. And if you can't, that's okay too. Do you have a favorite piece of gear that you always bring with you or that you think, okay, even though I'm not sure if I'm going to use it, I'm just going to bring it with you. It could be a body, a lens, or maybe another extraneous piece. It's funny. I'm not a gear person because I'm too cheap. Okay. (laughs) So, um, but my always go-to if I'm traveling anywhere and where I've been most successful is I have a lens. I don't think it's that expensive, but it's um, 18 to 200 millimeter Nikon lens. And to me, I've carried it to Bali. I've carried it to Iceland. And it's always performed very well for me. And it given me the results I could bring home and work with. Nice. So that would be... My first go-to to tell anybody to purchase. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for diminish the amount of choices that you have to make mm-hmm. because that's going to impact your ability to see the scene and to be present. If I'm constantly thinking about changing lenses, I'm not going to be in the moment and I'm I'm probably going to miss something when I think, oh, is that the right lens? And totally. So if you've got that one go-to lens, especially yeah. in travel. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing is just the weight. You know, like you got one lens, you got it in your suit, you know, on your person, you can carry that much. But you started getting into multiple lenses. I remember going shooting at the rifle with our club one time. There was a guy that was carrying a suitcase full of stuff. And I just got weary watching him, Yeah. you know, so... Yeah. I'm not always able to act upon it, but I see the logic in narrowing down your choices. And I try, if I'm going out to do street or something, I'll take two lenses Mm -hmm. and not worry, or even just one, the one on my camera Mm -hmm. and not worry about, was it the quote unquote right one? Because whatever choices you make, you can make it the right one for what you want, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of moving and changing your perspective to get what you're looking for. Well, that's why I find that 18 to 200, it is so adaptable. Like I can get the wide and yet I can just get right into something too. It's not great for birds or wildlife or anything like that, but it gets the people shots I want in crowds. And yeah, so it really works well for me. Yeah. Very flexible. Yeah. You talked about it being a turning point when you joined the club. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk about a little bit about how long you've been in the club and what, um, how you ended up finding out about the club and, and doing. It's funny you should say that because I only joined for a year. (laughs) <laughs> At the invitation of Verna Slater, I don't even know if you remember her. She was a longtime member. And so I went and didn't know anybody there. But I think the draw for me was um, Nigel Fletcher was also there. I don't know if that was before your time as well. But they drew me in by giving me a job. So I was helping with membership. Okay. And I think you start, you step into that and you get to know the people a little bit better and then you have a purpose for being there. And and then one thing led to another and now I've been, what, membership program person for three years, which I'd like to talk a bit more about. And um, the president, by default, because we were just sort of in transition a bit there. Right. But I know that Sue, Sue and I do so much together. We talk about everything. She's going to be brilliant at being the next president. 
Well, we assume she'll be voted in. <laughs> yes, I assume she will be <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, so that, that answers the next yeah. question, which is, can you tell me a little bit about the roles that you've had yes. um, in the club? Yeah. You, you mentioned being president sort of as, as an interim thing. Yes. But having been on the executive with you, there's definitely been a lot happen in the time mm-hmm. that you've been president. So can you talk a little bit about what you're most proud of um, having happened in the club? I think we have really pivoted. You know, I was being the president has allowed me to connect with a lot of different clubs and talk to people. And I became very aware in the last couple of years how we have maintained and grown and done well. We have embraced the Zoom. Um, we're capitalizing on it. You know, we've, we've drawn in some incredibly good speakers. So the program has become richer and richer. So I think that that has been a wonderful asset to our club. I think we've also started to learn about the capacity in our club and the people to do SIGs. We've got some very talented people. We have really talented people joining up, which is exciting. Our membership numbers may not be as great as they were in the past, but we have some very talented photographers coming in, which is really rewarding. I guess for me, one of the personal things I felt is that I'd often heard people sort of say, well, they showed up once and they felt so uncomfortable they could hardly force themselves to go back again, that they didn't feel welcome. And I've sort of made it a personal goal to really get to know people and try to make them feel welcome within the club and to really enjoy the benefits of being a member in the club. That's sort of been probably my personal mission for that. And 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 it was your words, build capacity by having more people be part of the action. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think if, if you feel invested in the group, yeah. then yeah. the more I became engaged with the club, the more that you're invested in having the club be successful and, yes. and doing some things. Right. Yeah, and, I, that's right. and I think that is a key. The more people are doing more work, then I think the smoother the club runs and the more interested people are in the club being yes. successful. Yes. Right? I think it's really you, the idea that most photographers are, they want to get in their own head when they're shooting. And for that reason, they think they don't need the club. And I'm one of those people. I find it very hard to go on outings and get focused on my photography because I'm busy socializing. But saying that, you come back, you've done your, you've gone out in a shoot and you've got all this stuff you want to talk about or what should I do with it, got ideas. That's when the club comes in. Yes. You bring your stuff forward, someone comments on it and gives you ideas for improvement or you see how somebody else did something. You think, oh, I could do something like that. I'm going to layer that. I'm going to. So I think that that's where uh, the back and forth happens. You bring your creative vision back and share it with a group and give you some boost in ideas. So I think it's very valuable. I I do too. And I think having participated, I mean, one of the things, just because I was so busy doing other things, I didn't participate in, in in a critiquing SIG this year. And I missed that because I felt like uh, last year when I was part of it, I definitely saw some growth Mm -hmm. because I was pinpointing things that I hadn't noticed before, or I was seeing things in other people's work that were helpful to me Mm -hmm. when I was looking at my work. You only have to go to one meeting to see just how talented people are, mm-hmm. um, you know, one presentation or, or one slideshow and you see, you know, the, the, the talent that we have within mm-hmm. the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you've sort of answered this already, but, but I'll ask it anyway. What do you appreciate most about having the opportunity to, to be part of the club? 
in one word, I do benefit the group. Well, I, I love the people. I, I've really enjoyed working with the group of people on the executive, and it has certainly pushed me forward and made me think of new ideas and things that I want to try. And that's one of the reasons I'm stepping to the side, because my own photography, I'm not spending enough time on it. But it also gives you people to ask. You know who to go to for this idea and that idea. And you have a comfort level, a conversational comfort level to ask people these questions now yeah, and yeah. not feel foolish. So I think that all of those things, it's, um, it's just a win-win. It really is. I want to come back to the programming question. Yes. I think that's um, something that, that you wanted to talk about, but yeah. it also I was going to ask a question yeah. about the future. But before we do that, what keeps you curious now about photography? What things do you think about and think, oh, I'd like to learn a little bit more about that or I'd like to improve my skills in, in that area? I have a running reel of possible pictures in my okay. brain that I want to figure out how to get onto the big screen. Right. And, um, you know, I saw one the other day, uh, one of our members did a, an amazing picture of the rising moon and it was all in black and white and red. I want to know how he did that. And, um, yeah, just, I've got lots of pictures in my head and, and, and that's, I'm, I'm working towards that. That's what keeps me. Yeah. Moving. What I, what I enjoy about the club is when you see something done within the club. Yes. It, if it's within the club, you think, oh, that that's a possibility. That mm -hmm. person did it. Maybe I could figure mm -hmm. out how to do it too. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I see professional photography, I'm always thinking, well, maybe there's an equipment gap. Or that's there's, right. right? They're, they're, they have something that I don't, or they had a bigger budget. or but They've got a crew of 24 exactly, to set it right? up. Yeah. But, but I, why, what I love about the club is that you see things and you go, oh, mm -hmm. that's that's possible. And it was done by someone that I know that's in the club. And yeah. I can go ask them. Exactly. And most yeah. people are really happy to share yeah. how they did that. Yeah. Yeah. And might even run a SIG. So, exactly. you know, exactly. it's a win-win. Yeah. So thinking about the future of mm -hmm. the club, I think this might tie in with your idea of programming mm -hmm. where you're stepping aside, although not stepping down from, no, from I, working with the club. No. Um, what kinds of things would you like to see developed or continued or what direction would you like to see the club go in from here? I really hope that we can continue um, accessing the quality of presentations we've been having. Um, there's a wider I think there's a bigger bank of possibilities out there, but it means stepping out of your comfort level and going out and getting them. And it brings up the story that um, uh, I was at a presentation sitting, it was COVID, and watching a presentation online with that Cole Thompson. And I thought, I think he's a nice guy. I'm going to email him to see if he'll do it. Well, he did. He did it for the cost of a donation to the food bank. And he became one of our stars. He came back and did our closing remarks last year, if you remember. Yes, I do, yeah. And then another fellow that was just wonderful was um, Freeman Patterson. Yes, he was really you good. Know, and I thought, oh, yeah, he's going to talk to me. Well, the man picked up at the other end, and we had a nice conversation. And But they were more than willing. But you have to sort of reach out and find these people. But most of them love photography and want to talk about it. And if they can get you excited about it, I hope that we continue in that course. There's some wonderful opportunities out there. Personal contact is huge. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you can put aside the text and the emails, I'm finding if that's one thing I've learned about the club this year, to just to phone somebody up and just check it out and go so far. 
And I think that that builds that relationship piece again. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you thought, I'd really like people to know this? I really hope, I, I hope to see the quality continue to go up in our, our um, the kind of photography we're doing as a club. Um, I've, I was poo-pooing Kappa, but I'm starting to see some of the quality of work that some of the photographers do. I'd like to I'd like to challenge that a bit more, and I think that we need to start looking a little bit more critically, constructively, at giving each other good feedback. A little bit of competition doesn't hurt. You don't have to do it, but let's do it. Figure out if we can develop a good cohort of judges in our club, and just pull us up a little bit higher yeah. for sure. And just to continue having fun. Like, we've got to go to those outings. They're, they're fun. They are fun. And they I are. love lunch out. There you go. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. I feel like the club has expanded and grown during COVID mm-hmm. rather than Oh, than I shrunk, do too. Right? Yeah. I think that the, the challenge, the good challenge will be to maintain that and also add in the face-to-face meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to continue with a oh, hybrid model yes. that way. I think that Sue um, really has a good handle on making those meetings experience and growth and hands-on learning. And then when we have all those wonderful pro- presenters coming in, giving us those new ideas, it's it, I just can't understand why. I would like to see us get to the point where we take applications for the um, for the for our club, and we have to turn people down. Yes, yes, that would be lovely, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, thanks very okay. much. I've enjoyed our conversation today. You've been listening to Pixels, a podcast brought to you by the Harbor City Photography Club, located in beautiful Nanaimo, British Columbia. The show is researched, written, produced, edited, and hosted by Lee Nice. This has been a Neesley Dunn podcast production.